afternoon, everyone. It's your Commissioner Jay Farrell Elliott, joined by the most capable trophy husband ever to play fantasy football, one Robbie Fetcher, bringing you a rare but needed afternoon podcast. Fetch will try to get one in without too many disruptions, me via phone and you via uh, three young ladies that happen to cohabitate with you along with the missus. How are you, sir? Uh, it's an afternoon delight to talk fantasy football. Anytime we can get in, we're, we're going to try to talk some football. That's what I let's, love. Uh, let's get some good announcements out, Fetch, before we start talking a little football. First of all, you know, uh, you and I are always up for a party, Fetch, and, and eventually you will return from a variety of vacations and traveling and, and sports for the kids. And hopefully you're going to be free on Thursday night, August 5th. For anyone uh, here locally, uh, regionally in the Louisville area that would like to join us for Thursday night, August 5th, Fetch, I know that's an important day to you. It's Steelers versus Cowboys. That's the Hall of Fame game from Canton. And we are going to have a party uh, thrown uh, uh, for us, uh, KFFSC uh, players and our guest at the Online Gamblers Club in Jeffersonville, uh, Indiana. That's a uh, this is uh, Dr. Mike Benfield's operation, and uh, we are going uh, uh, to support Mike uh, throughout the year uh, at his uh, facility uh, there in uh, Jeffersonville. So, Fetch, can I write you in for an appearance August 5th at the OGC, uh, 10th Street in Jeffersonville? Sounds good. I, I believe right. it's open uh-huh. More information forthcoming uh, on, on MailChimp. It's going to be really, really good. Fetch, we've got drafts scheduled. Uh, perhaps the one that is most intriguing to you is something that uh, we've been talking about, and you, like me, have uh, really enjoyed. And, and these are these are drafts that are for busy people who live with football all the time. And I think that describes a lot of our players, but. Our first KFFSC uh, slow draft of the season main event will kick off as early as July 15th if we have 12. We currently have three, including you. You want to make a uh, you, you want to cast the net and ask people to expand their territory with the slow draft? I'm hoping all sign up. This is this is exciting for me. As many know, I'm heading uh, to South Florida to watch my daughter in the Babe Ruth World Series. Shout out to the Fern Creek All-Stars. Way to go, Fern Creek Stars. Jay Farrell Elliott is a sponsor, him a poster man. We do appreciate that, that you did that for us, Farrell. But I'm going to be down there watching softball, and because I get intense in the game, nothing better when I take a break to see that I may have a draft to do or a pick to do every six hours. You It'll- may be on the clock. I may be on the clock. And that's what I want to happen. So please get out there, sign up for this. While Fetch is in Florida from July 17th to 25th, he needs to be drafting. And this is the- <laughs> we don't we don't want you to lose touch. It's been a while since you've drafted. You haven't drafted since May. I don't think you've drafted. Uh, and, and I'm looking. There's only three spots left for Thursday. I, I'm about ready to sign up for that one. Get ready to close that out. That way, I have a checkered flag. Uh, And that was the first interruption. I wonder how many more we'll have. <laughs> we will have two, but I, I took the time as we were talking about when Fetch will draft again. I signed up for the checkered flag division 
um, Danny Sullivan that will uh, draft next Wednesday on the third. See, there you go. Not a month is going to go by when Fetch will will join the league. That's pretty exciting. I, uh, um, I I'm very grateful for that. And now, how many are we down to Fetch? Maybe three, two or three. Two openings left. Two openings left. That's fantastic. Uh, what has been uh, very uh, rewarding to me this summer is, is the fact that we're reconnecting on schedule with our established players. I had a great conversation yesterday uh, with Trevor Holt and uh, talked uh, last week with a number of the guys across the league. Uh, and, you know, Bringing in new players is a is a balance. You want to bring in new players um, to compete and keep our uh, keep our event growing, and to bring in a, a new vibe to the event. and And I think we're being very very successful with that. We also want to make the event um, and service the existing players, give them what they want, give them time opportunities to draft. Um, and, and so it's always a, a balance to bring the best event forward that you can when we get to August 15th in Cincinnati and uh, 27th through 29th of August here at the Horseshoe. And one of the things that uh, uh, established player uh, Hudson Kern Reed, uh, Hudson came in and, uh, and encouraged me to join him and a group called the 26ers. They were one of the original groups that played in the FFPC dynasty. So Fetch, these guys are like you. They've been playing dynasty forever. And, and, you know, I've never drafted a dynasty team. And this was my first one. They, they created one of those player created leagues. Uh, it was stacked with 26ers. So I was definitely uh, swimming with the sharks and I put together what I thought was a good young team, and I, I enjoyed drafting it. But what has uh, what I want to tell the listeners about is, is these guys, uh, and there is a, a pretty significant group of them, about twenty five of them. Um, they have a group me chat, and they're very very passionate and very active uh, in discussing fantasy football. And I'm included in the group me chat. And I just threw it out there that I, you know, guys with checkered flag, you know, it's not for that purpose. I don't want to be the guy that's advertising the league, but at the same time, we have something really cool to talk about and, and, and inform people about. So, uh, those guys immediately moved in and, and filled up, uh, our, our last division and, and, uh, the, the Penske division that went off this week, um, and, and some of them will be competing with you, uh, as the Danny Sullivan closes us out. Are you doing much uh, in the world of KFFSC dynasty fetch? Uh, I have three dynasty teams that uh, I got to prepare for. I have not prepared yet uh, for the fetch. What do you mean you've not prepared? You've watched the draft. You, we, we've talked about players all spring. Uh, how, how else in the world could you prepare? You're one of the most prepared guys out there. I'm prepared right now for the spring leagues for uh, draft masters. I it's a different draft uh, on on the the new rookie drafts for these diamonds. Mm-hmm. You really want to know who you think is going to have the longevity in the careers as you make these first round picks. Well, it's I've enjoyed doing my inaugural and solo 
uh, a dynasty draft. We have a dynasty draft posted at kffsc.com. It's under dynasty keeper, which is, which is probably a conflicting terms to some, but nevertheless, it's there. Uh, our dynasty footprint is not very large uh, in, in the FFBC. The dynasty business is a huge, huge aspect of, of fantasy drafting. So I would like, you know, anyone who has not done a dynasty with us or anyone who's tried a dynasty somewhere else and didn't like it, um, I would invite them to give this one a shot, you know, because we've got, I, I think we might be, uh, let me look at it here. Yeah, six spots. We've sold six spots. We have six to go. So I invite anyone to come in there and, and join that and, uh, you know, uh, compete uh, compete eternally against uh, your fellow Dynasty team, uh, much like the 26ers. But we got to appreciate Hudson Kern-Reed. Uh, Hudson Kern-Reed's bringing uh, uh, new players to our league. We've also got some new guys fetch have you have you heard of chasing the helmet podcast i have you've posted a few few of their links i believe and um, that really smart guys yeah uh, jay reed scott connor uh scott connor lives in ohio and is a graduate of uk and uh, jay reed is uh born and bred in new orleans so he's got that accent no matter where he goes i think he may live in pennsylvania now no matter where he goes, he, he you know, that New Orleans uh, accent and vibe follows him around and then uh, lets people know exactly where he's from as soon as he opens his mouth. Those guys will be podcasting from uh, the main event along with Balky uh, and along with possibly uh, Jason Kahn and Aaron Laser, who are doing the, uh, uh, what are they called, Draft Head Junkies. What a perfect, perfect name for those guys, the Draft Head Junkies. So, you know, I, I tell our, our players, if you've got something to say, say, hey, I want to sit down and talk because they're going to be looking for content and creating that uh, creating that content right there during our draft. But uh, uh, the fellows from Chasing the Helmet have a huge, huge following, and they've been reporting uh, on our drafts pick by pick. I find it very, very interesting that they're going to have a two-hour podcast discussing our pick by pick. They'll be coming up this week with uh, Kevin Williamson. Uh, uh, Kevin Williamson will be joining them uh, on their podcast. Fetch, let's get to talk a little football now. Um, you know, since you're planning a family trip for Florida, and since this time of the year we never can seem to get out of Florida, uh, let's start with Jacksonville. Interesting news from Daryl Bevel, offensive coordinator in jacksonville yeah a lot of sources are talking everybody was worried when the draft happened that uh, travis Etienne was just going to walk in and take that starting running back job but the more i hear uh the more they like james james robinson as a more every down back a guy that can pass protect i mean it's so important when you got a rookie quarterback someone that you know will protect that guy um, and, and they're going to use ETN in a lot of different ways and maybe both of them in the backfield. So I, uh, the people who got James Robinson right after the draft, sixth, seventh round, got a lot of value. He's starting slowly to move back up into that fifth round, but I still think you're going to get a lot of value as he's going to get touches along with ETN, who's going to be, uh, we talk about dynasty, going to be a very high draft in uh, these dynasty leagues. 375 carries in that backfield last year. I expect more this year. 
you know, my, my father, and I, I share this with a lot of people, my father had a great saying that I still carry on with. Uh, he said, you can't stand prosperity. And, you know, Jacksonville didn't have a lot of things to cheer about last year, but their scouting and their front office got busy, found this player out of Illinois State, signed him, and turned him into a very, very productive uh, rookie season. Now, uh, I – I don't understand why drafters think that James Robinson, no matter who they added to the team, because the team got a lot of room for improvement in Jacksonville, but why they, the team would turn their back on the biggest success that the previous group uh, had had. And uh, it, you know, that was not done with smoke and mirrors. James Robinson was a very good player last year. Who never did hit the wall as a rookie. If you watch some of the games in the latter part of the season, he's running just as hard, just as strong as he did earlier. So, yes, Robinson and Etienne, a great uh, matchup. Stacy Perez and I did a team in the football guys' fetch, and a lot of things fell our way. You know, you don't get too many drafts like that where, where you say, okay, I'm in the sixth round. I'm not going to take Robinson. I'm going to take a wide receiver, and there's no chance Robinson will come back. Hey, for Stacy and I, he did. We got him at the 7-9 in the football guys just two weeks ago. Uh, that's, that's nice. And there's a lot of other players to talk about in Jacksonville. I know you're high on Chenault. Um, they've got an early schedule where they, they start out with Texas or the Texans, who, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. that defense is hurting there. And, and there's no stigma anymore of having that rookie quarterback that we're worried about not getting off to a good start after what Joe Burrow uh, did last year and other rookies have done the last couple of years. So this offense could start out on fire with a fairly easy early schedule. You know, Chenault's uh... – we could understand why he ran through the Pac-12, uh, why he looked so great. He was a big receiver, uh, adequate in height, but bigger in body. And when you look at him, you're looking at a running back. You know, you're looking at a guy that once he gets in space with the ball, he can do something. So last year they put him in direct snaps. Uh, they put him in the backfield. They were trying any way they could to get him, get him in the ball, get him the ball, because what can he not do? He cannot shake a corner. You know, he, he cannot get open, especially for the kind of quarterbacks that they had last year. Now you bring in your receivers, uh, uh, Marvin, and uh, – um, oh, who's your other uh, big receiver? They already they, have they Shark have, there. They have Shark. Yes, 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 Shark, which is a big fan, which you've always been a big fan of. And you, you bring those players in and you take the top off that defense a little bit, create some room for Chenault to catch the ball uh, in space. Um, there's there's some interesting things that that player can do. 50 catches uh, in that last year and a few touchdowns, uh, I think six. Uh, I think we're going to see big improvements uh, on that this year. Let's go talk about a team that could, uh, uh, despite all their – accolades uh, with what Lamar brings to the field. We still must recognize that the Baltimore Ravens are the poorest passing team uh, in the NFL. Fetch, one of your old favorites signed with them uh, after they looked at a number of wide receivers. Uh, and, and it was a bit of a, uh, it was a bit of a quiet celebration as one of your old favorite players signed with Baltimore 
is beginning to create a little buzz over there. Talk to us about it. Well, first of all, it's disappointing Justin is not with us to make fun of me as I talk no. about Sammy Watkins. He'll catch up. Fifth, He'll fifth catch year up. In a row. But, but I, I, I've always liked Sammy. He has a great talent. Um, and, and the word is in Baltimore at the, at the workouts is that uh, Lamar really likes Sammy, likes having a guy um, to throw to. And, you know, he's going – Late, late, you know, I think the 18th round in the last draft we had, and you compare that to Hollywood Brown, who's going in the eighth round. I think there's still real value in Watkins, even though he leaves the best passing offense in the game and is going really to the worst passing game, or at least the best rushing attack. We know uh, Baltimore's been historic in their rushing attack over the last couple of years. But still, a guy you can get that late in the draft, Sammy Watkins has the talent. I would uh, have a green light to draft him in that 16th, 17th round if he if he's still available, which I assume he will be. Watkins is a, a big fish and a small passing tank. Now uh, he was a uh, he he was in a very very big passing game uh, there with the Chiefs. I agree with you. I uh, I, I just don't know what a, a top receiver looks like in Baltimore. Maybe. 60 catches, 800 yards, six touchdowns. But, hey, if that's true, then in the 16th, 17th round, that's that's very good return. Hey, here's a guy that may drop to the 16th or 17th round. Uh, most interesting news uh, that I saw this week is Buffalo's Cole Beasley and his struggles with the vaccine. Uh, what, uh, what does that do uh, to this player? who is uh, often taken as high as 10, somewhere in that 10 to 14 range, uh, caught 82 passes last year, I believe. Uh, this is a good player who may not be consistently available. You know, his floor, Fetch, if you deal in floors, his floor is always pretty uh, pretty uh, significant. 10, 11-point floor uh, for this player with a potential high ceiling. Cole Beasley, I mean, he won a lot of people division titles. He, he won them uh, some money in the main event. He, he was great last year with Josh Allen. And, and the biggest thing we always talk about players is that the most important ability is availability. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what's going to happen, but we do know this. With the protocols in place, if you're vaccinated and you're around um, suspected cases, you're not going to have to set out. But if you're unvaccinated, you will. And it just throws in a curveball to all players. Now, we don't know who all is vaccinated. It's not, uh, you know, information that's out there. But we're going to slowly learn as we see more players that have to set out. It's kind of going to be known. Well, those guys didn't get uh, uh, vaccinated. So they're they have close contacts and they're going to have to set whatever the mandatory days. And anybody in the gambling world or the golf world learn this about John Rahm a guy who was leading the Memorial Tournament just a month ago and was pulled off the golf course leading by six strokes, Mm. cost himself a tournament. Uh, You don't want that same thing to happen. And I think that the name here we're going to talk about is uh, Gabriel Davis. Had a great rookie year last year, and I think he is the guy that would benefit the most to getting more snaps, especially if Cole Beasley's not on the field. Emmanuel Sanders is also on this roster. Um, There's there's – deep uh, talent and depth at the wide receiver position. I hope Beasley is uh, 
well, and, continues to play. But I, uh, I think both of us want to say that. I mean, we don't want to tell the guy what to do. And uh, again, every we're living in a free country, and I don't want to get into that debate at all. But as a fantasy football player, you have to take things like this into accountability, just like you take in someone's injury history. Availability is very yep. important in the game we play. And we've only got it. We've only got. 13 weeks to prove it. You've got 13 weeks to get in that playoffs. So, you know, early season, uh, early season matchups and, and schedule, uh, schedule um, weaknesses at the first of the season. Uh, you know, there's, cer- there's certain players that I absolutely, uh, I'm absolutely thrilled with, with the Las Vegas Raiders to have on my roster, but man, their first three or four games of the season are tough. Very, very tough, you know, so it, it, keep an eye on that. I, one of the things that I'm keeping an eye on, and, and you always bring my attention on, on the on the high stakes show with Balky a couple weeks ago, I, I said, you know, if you want to see what Julio Jones will do uh, for Tannehill, just Google Julio Jones catching Super Bowl versus the Patriots. There's a largely uncatchable ball uh, thrown on the sidelines by Matt Ryan as he was moving forward in the pocket. So his momentum put a little, a little extra juice behind the ball and uh, Julio's catch uh, sort of defies reality. And if, uh, if that game hadn't worked out the way it did work out, uh, that catch would be one of those very famous Super Bowl catches. But uh, Matt Ryan, since the trade of Julio, has disappeared into the depths of the draft, into the mid-teens, and maybe later. Fetch, should he? I don't think he should. Do you think he should? His numbers definitely declined last year in games where uh, Julio did not play. But I still think with the rise of Calvin Ridley, with uh, the addition of Kyle Pitts, I think Matt Ryan's still a very viable, viable quarterback. And I think the big thing to look here is is if you're drafting Jalen Hurts, if you're drafting Joe Burrow, guys mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of lower tier QB1s, who's going to be my number two? You know, if, if you draft Patrick Mahomes, you're not even worried about your QB2 a lot of times. But if you're in that lower level of QB1s, you need to have a good backup. That really puts Matt Ryan in that discussion, and I would love – love especially if i'm a little worried about my quarterback one to have matt ryan as my backup because because i feel like i could play most any week that's exactly right and and, you know there's a lot of things going on down there in atlanta um and it it's going to be interesting to see some of the young players these positions to uh to play slot receiver to play in a quick passing game there there's a player that uh there's a defensive player drafted as a defensive back uh, corner named Avery Williams out of Boise State. And I, I really think he's a return specialist, and that's what I thought Atlanta drafted him for. Um, you know, I talked to uh, someone in the know at Atlanta the other day, and they, they said, hey, Avery's taking uh, snaps at slot receiver. And uh, the, the speed and first step of this player uh, in space would be fantastic. So uh, Matt Ryan's getting a new – group of tools and and a new uh a new lease on life in atlanta and, and he's going to be responsible for 
removing this team without Julio. And, you know, I think he's up to the task. You take a look. You mentioned some quarterbacks. I want to throw something at you, Fetch. Justin Herbert. uh, Here's a player that now in his second year is working with a very, very complicated offense. New offensive coordinator, new people around him. I like the people around him. I think he's a smart kid, and I think he's got some excellent uh, body of work underneath him. But, boy, I tell you what, he's uh, he's got a lot of work to do in a shortened preseason. Uh, any thoughts on uh, any thoughts on what you can expect from the Charger quarterback in year two? I was very impressed with Herbert as a rookie. I mean, he really caught on quickly and was able to to have a, a great connection with Keenan Allen. Um, he's got a, a great passing pass catcher and Austin Eckler coming out of the backfield, which is a good friend. My my only really concern is, man, a young quarterback's best friend is his tight end, and it's it's a little concerning them mm-hmm. uh, having Hunter Henry move on to New England. But mm-hmm. I still I, I think he's a solid QB one. I, it's a tough division with Denver and, and the Chiefs there, but. Um, Again, I, I have no problem. And the Raiders, Fetch. You know, you, you interest the Raiders. The Ra- we don't you interest the, the Raiders, Fetch? But, but again, they're in the division, too. Take, Four teams in each division, Fetch. It makes it numerically like work Herbert, that way. I still would want to come back with a solid number two, like a Ryan. I tell you, another guy I saw, uh, we talked about taking Jalen Hurts in, in the latest uh, spring draft at the checkered flag. Saw somebody got Baker Mayfield either in the 19th or 20th round. I think that's an, another excellent. Mm-hmm. QB two that you can take so late, and uh, similar to Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill's moved up, but a guy who just had a great late last year, I think week twelve through sixteen, Baker Mayfield averaged three hundred yards and two touchdowns a game. That's twenty three points in the um, yep. our, yeah, KFSC scoring system. As your backup, twenty three points average for a five week in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's what you're looking for. And I think it's important for the guys who don't get Mahomes and and um, Josh Allen that you really look at these QB twos, so you know you're not killing yourself. Or if you take that again, me and you think it's a little bit of a risk as Jalen Hurts, but you have to dra- draft Jalen Hurts as QB one. So I I would really want a um, somebody like a Matt Ryan or Baker Mayfield uh, as my second if that's my uh, QB one. Nah, I think that's a I think that's a wonderful insurance policy. Uh, Fetch, let's go back to just some of the functionality of our league. Uh, bidding for draft spots is uh, through Zoom is the one leftover um, uh, from our 2020 um, uh, coronavirus year, uh, and uh, it's the one good thing to come out of it. We have uh, enjoyed it. It's been a good opportunity for our players to get together and uh, Stacy Perez and uh, Mar- Mariah Lewis have done a, a great job in hosting these events. Um, what is the Zoom bidding meaning for you, Fetch, and how are you utilizing it this year? Are you holding back on your bidding and, and keeping your bankroll intact or are you going to get the spot that you really love and what are some of the spots that you love so far? Interestingly, that it changes as we see more and more drafts. Yep. Uh, 
you know, there, there were some drafts that I wish I was an eight or nine because Derrick Henry dropped. And then I see the mm-hmm. last, draft. maybe Derrick Henry goes four. but I, I think the interesting part of the zoom, especially once you've done a few of these, you kind of get a feel of the other players and what you think they're going to do. Now you may get a bad feeling because occasionally I think, Oh man, two or three guys are left spot. 12 is going to go for 400. I better get nine or 10 or 11 cheap. And then nobody bids on 12, you know, mm-hmm. it's, there's only as, one bidder left or maybe two. You, as soon as you zig, somebody zags. That's, that's the most interesting. But that thing. hasn't that been very infrequent because I noticed, uh, uh, Fossey dog, Jeremy Brock, uh, has an affinity for the 12 spot and paid as much as $720 for it in one of the checkered flags. Oh, no, that's what normally happens. That's yes, exactly. That it normally gets boom, but then that one time when you're not prepared for it, it doesn't. So that's that's the interesting part of you see these different people. You may think they want that 12 or 11, but the next time that they have a totally different strategy because similar to a, a game like poker, uh, the more information that comes out, the more drafts that we see, uh, it kind of changes people's perspective of where they can get a certain player they want. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, the whole big uh, question, do you want three of the top 25 or 26 players or do you want one of those top four running backs? And I think that question that you have to answer really starts the zoom bidding what what side of that draft do you want to be on and then there's a few people that says just put me in the middle i'll figure it out it's fascinating in that the uh fbi uh petri and larson have continued in every draft that we've had this year we've not had a draft that our uh, 2020 champions have not been in and uh, they will come with a different uh, bidding philosophy and they will show up um, uh, for every draft. As we move into the main event, uh, you're going to see less and less of the same people as, as uh, new players come in and, and players that uh, have, have drafted little so far. And it's, it's uh, to that end, uh, you know, we've had some wonderful tournaments, first checkered flag and uh, – our second checkered flag and first run to daylight. Uh, I'm working on announcing a uh, July tournament, perhaps not as big as those two, but a tournament nonetheless, because we've got guys that are coming into drafting that want to start drafting in mid July. And um, I would like to give them some opportunities to compete in a different format and plus get ready for uh, a run in the, uh, in the main event, which I think these spring leagues, uh, provide uh, such a great prep uh, for. Uh, Fetch, you're looking forward uh, to uh, FFPC play as well as KFFSC play, and uh, I'm looking forward to you making a commitment uh, for the trip to, uh, to Las Vegas this year. The FFPC has done a wonderful job at uh, uh, providing uh, our players with a, a room rate uh, there in the heart of the strip at the Planet Hollywood. So I would encourage everyone to take a look at that. We want you to enjoy the full weekend of drafting with us at Caesars. In each mailer that comes out, you will see a link to uh, secure your room um, at the uh, at the Caesars Southern Indiana. And we've got a real good rate for you. As everything else, as prices all around the country for everything else seem to go up, 
whereas we're still priced at where we were last year. Uh, so whether you're going to play one main event or multiple leagues, um, you know, we ask that you uh, come on and secure your room early. And coming with Fetch for our third and final segment. Fetch, this is why we don't do them in the daytime. There's you know? always something coming up. Isn't there? <laughs> it's called life. It's finished called life. Giving out the phone number, and we had talked about the hotel. Um, and, you know, I, I, uh, I just want everybody to know that we're uh, available uh, to service them as they prepare for the weekend. Now, I have one more, one more announcement. Uh, Cincinnati is a little more than half full. And uh, if you are a Cincinnati player, uh, please get in touch with me because we are probably right around July 4th, we're going to start losing some of our uh, opportunity to draft back-to-back as some of those time slots will, will go away, Fetch. Let's get, let's get back to football, Fetch. Something I was thinking about, and, and, and I want to caution. I want to caution our drafters about this. We get all these commentaries now about writer from writers who have to fill content, especially for the website and what I noticed, especially at the Athletic, which is a wonderful website. And our fantasy writers pick it up and run with it. And they talk about players that are that are working well with uh, with the uh, uh, the quarterback, new players like we we just talked about your man Sammy Watkins, and of course. Sammy Watkins is a professional, the epitome of a professional wide receiver into a team uh, that, that doesn't throw the ball a lot, but has a quarterback that's an MVP of the league. So, what you know, you expect him to look good. College players coming in, given a chance early to get reps when veteran players are on the sidelines. And they have a chance, you know, they can show that they can catch the ball. And so that's what got them into the NFL. It doesn't mean that they're going to be useful as NFL players in their first year, and especially as fantasy players. But you say you want to talk about a player down in New Orleans who seems to be clicking. And there's a lot of things in New Orleans that are talked about right now that I don't necessarily agree with nor understand. I'd like your insight, Fetch. Let's start at the wide receiver position. Any of them you want to talk about at New Orleans? Uh Obviously, the player you're talking about is Traquan Smith. The, the, there's been good work or good words coming out about the rapport that him and Jameis Winston um, are are getting down there as they work out. Um, you know, we, we saw the kind of downfall a little bit of Michael Thomas, and he's dropped two or three rounds this year based off his injuries last year and the quarterback mm-hmm. play in New Orleans. But, man, I, I'm a Sean Payton believer. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jameis Winston not getting drafted very often. Traquan Smith, a guy going 10th, 11th round, maybe 12th. I think it's a guy I take a chance on in that spot because I think that offense still going to be pretty prolific just because of uh, – I talk so much about Andy Reid and that offense. Well, I, mm-hmm. I think Sean Payton's – a. Uh, you know, just a step below Andy Reid in that uh, in in his creativity. Now we know Alvin Kamara is going to be a you know big monster with touches, but 
every defense in the NFC South right now, all they're thinking about is ways to stop Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to go other places, and I think Traquan is a chance, a guy to step up there and be a, a number two on a solid offense. Traquan, who particularly has never shown it on a continual situation. And, you know, I think that's a that's like the number two receiver in, in New Orleans. It's consistently been a Duke's mixture of players, and for whatever reason, you couldn't count on it. Uh, maybe you're right, Fetch. Maybe uh, maybe with Jameis under, under center, we'll have that um, uh, for this player. If he approaches his numbers uh, that he had uh, in Tampa, uh, we're going to look at some pro- prolific receiving numbers for just more than uh, Kamara or Michael Thomas. You do believe that Winston is the quarterback, right, Fetch? I, I guess. Some people will not let go of the idea that Taysom Hill is going to get so much work that it will uh, that it will cut into Jameis Winston's f- uh, fantasy utility. Yeah, that was the big concern last year. Now Breeze didn't put up the numbers, but I felt it was more performance related, yeah. not that um, Taysom Hill stole that much from him. Yeah, that's why Drew Breeze retired. Drew Breeze was hurt. Couldn't play anymore. Yeah, he's yeah. a competitor. If he was healthy, don't you imagine he'd still be there? Oh, definitely. Yes, he. he the, the writing was on the wall for him. Physically. The writing is on the wall to me. Fetch in the running back situations. I want to look at the Dallas Cowboys because I think a lot of people are making the mistake of selling Ezekiel Elliott uh, and passing Ezekiel Elliott in these drafts now. He was in the top 10 of running back fantasy production last year. And I know some of the other guys were hurt, you know, and some of the, you know, some of them didn't play full seasons. But he was still a top 10 running back, although at, you know, at the bottom of the list. And, uh, you know, I will venture to say that Ezekiel was hurt too. And, uh, you know, (laughs) his team had a lot of problems. Bounce back for Zeke Elliott, and isn't he – Quite a bargain when you can get him at 9, 10, 11 in, in our KFFSC draft. I definitely think he's a bargain there. Uh, my only problem with taking him there is I think another guy kind of in that mix, Cam Akers, I like better. Uh-huh. But he's still, yes, he's going to be a top 10 guy. If he were to fall to me at 10, as long as Akers is not there, I would take Zeke in a heartbeat. It, it's a great offense. I mean, Ezekiel that, Elliott, proven uh, Pro Bowl player uh, with a returning quarterback who is proven a great offense, no matter what happens to their defense, which we suspect that their defense is going to be improved, but still a defense that's going to give up points. So uh, Dallas will have to match those points to win, which is a great thing for fantasy football. Dallas has these wonderful, wonderful wide receivers uh, to be on the field and an improved, a poor, but improved offensive line. Uh, Fetch, you're willing to gamble with the, we're not even particularly clear what that share is going to look like uh, in Los Angeles in the backfield. Uh, are, are you? Are you? I think the quarterback's going to work in Los Angeles, but we haven't seen it yet. 
you're still going to take acres over Zeke. Yeah, I, I love – nobody loves to run the ball, gold go situations more than the Rams. But and did we not determine that the reason that they loved to run the ball was because they didn't trust the quarterback? Yes, but I in goal-to-goal situations, if you can run the football, it's kind of the old Dick Vermeil with, uh, right. with with Priest Holmes. If you can run and score from, from in goal-to-goal situations and be successful at it, why throw the football? And the Rams can do that. And I think late in the year, Cam Akers really showed um, he could put up Todd Gurley numbers when Todd Gurley was healthy. Uh, and I don't think Daryl Henderson or anybody else can really step into that thing. I think he's the number one running back with the Rams. Now, again, I think there's other, there's other guys – I like Zeke better than Jonathan Taylor. I'm a big Colts fan, but the the you talking about a crowded crowded backfield with what right. Hines did late in the year, the fact that Mac was great uh, early in the year and now he's back. Why would you take uh, Taylor over Zeke? I think is a question, but to me, Cam is not. I, I like the upside of Cam and the, the youth. We, so you would take Cam over Taylor as well. Yes. Yeah, I would. Cam over Taylor. And so Taylor is usually going in the sixth spot. Cam Akers, eight, nine, ten. Uh, Fetch is going to flip that uh, in, in, in any draft, despite the fact that he's from your uh, beloved Indianapolis Colts. Hey, let's keep our focus in Los Angeles. News from one of our fine players, uh, KFFSC, and then my erstwhile playing partner, in the uh, FFPC where he was responsible for leading our team to a division championship last year. I think they call them league championships in the FFPC. Either way, they pay pretty well. Uh, my beloved pal, Fetch, Jeff Joaquin. Um, uh, in typical California fashion, uh, Jeff goes to the beach yesterday uh, with a good buddy of ours named Cranford. And uh, he's just not feeling right, and he hadn't been feeling right a couple times earlier in the week. And uh, they got into the car. He, he said, you know what? I think you better take me to the emergency room. They got off the beach. They uh, walked into UCLA, Santa Monica. And in 20 minutes, uh, Jeff found himself uh, with heart surgery fetch after being diagnosed with a heart attack and a major blockage of an artery. So uh, our best wishes uh, to Jeff Joaquin, who checked in today and said he's feeling fine. And Feds, the doctor, the doctor gave him words that are almost as, as scary as you can get. He looked at him and said, congratulations, you're going to become a vegetarian. So, you know, he's, he's got that to look forward to. So we're not uh, taking new... him to the uh, steakhouse there at Caesars. No, he, he's going to the steakhouse, but it is the, you know, in our world, Fetch, I think basically what we're going to have to do for Jeff is, uh, you know, keep the brand name alive. He'll be having Caesar salads while he's in, uh, <laughs> while he's uh, here for the draft. He will be. We, we, jo- we joke because we love Jeff, but best wishes to him as a speedy recovery. So we'll see. He, he's, he's doing well. He's resting fine. He's, he's, he's got a, He's got a real good attitude, and, you know, Jeff, there's no one as chill as Jeff. And, uh, you know, I I imagine uh, him showing up for heart surgery is about uh, a typical cool event uh, for Jeff Joaquin. And I will say his band uh, from from years ago that is re-releasing their album, Grave Factor, 
Uh, there's uh, perhaps a tour uh, coming up. I don't, I don't know how extensive a tour it is. Uh, I think back to the Blues Brothers, you know, as Cab Calloway would introduce them, Fetch is saying, you know, on a tri-state motor tour, but nevertheless, taking the music to the people. I know that that's on Jeff's schedule here shortly. So he's got a lot of things to get healthy for and stay healthy. So uh, good for him. Power of uh, modern medicine. They caught it. They got him sewn up. And he'll be back in action soon. Fetch, if you want to get in action or if you want to throw down the gauntlet to everyone, there's two spots left in the checkered flag. Think about that, Fetch. Our second year for spring leagues. 96 teams in each, only two spots left. You happy with your spring drafting so far? I am. I, it's, it's been fun, uh, especially since uh, the NFL draft. I, I love the NFL draft, and I think that really kicks off the fun part of uh, fantasy drafting for me. And, you know, usually this is a dead period for us as we wait for the main event. So it's kind of exciting to hear about that July event. I know you're drafting in football guys with, with our FFPC partners and their slow drafts and stuff. So, you know, stuff's getting real. We have OTAs, uh, you know, the mini camps uh, and, and training camp will be here before you know it. Well, we got a big 10 at the KFFOC and we invite everyone to, uh, Get their start with us, and if you've been with us for a while to increase your territory, this is the year to do it. We've even got Friday afternoon drafting. Fetch will be uh, drafting in his uh, keeper league and, uh, and also uh, running along with Justin McCourt, one of the auction leagues. It's a big weekend with big assignments for everybody. Your assignment is to show up during draft of winter, and uh, – that's what all of us are trying to do. Fetch, I will catch up with you uh, later on this week. We'll talk a little more fantasy football and uh, keep those dates in mind. August 15th in Cincinnati, August 27th through 29th at the, uh, at the Caesar Southern Indiana. Uh, Fetch wants you to get in the, uh, in the slow draft, uh, which could go off as early as July 15th if we can get 12 to sign up for it and get our main event started. And uh, August 5th, our party at the, uh, at, uh, the, uh, the Gamblers Club there in Jeffersonville, uh, Indiana, owned and operated by our player, uh, Dr. Mike Benfield. So we got some great dates coming, and we'll be talking more about them. Fetch, thanks for cutting out some afternoon time with us. Safe travels, Jimmy Johnson. <laughs>